and welcome to She Thinks, a podcast where you're allowed to think for yourself. I'm your host, Beverly Hallberg, and on today's episode, we discuss an issue just in time for back to school, the topic of school choice. At IWF, we believe that educational freedom isn't suited only for a subset of children, but for all children in all zip codes, because the reality is that while 85 percent of parents send their children to a public school, only one third would choose that option if they had the ability to go elsewhere. But we have a great guest today to say that you do have that ability, that you can send your child to a school choice option. Her name is San Sorbo. She is the author of the book, They're Your Kids. She joins us to talk about her family's experience in homeschooling three children. But a little background on her before we bring her on. Sam Sorbo is an American actress, author, and talk radio host. She played Serena on the television series Hercules, The Legendary Journeys, and hosts the weekday syndicated radio program, The Sam Sorbo Show. Sam, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. And I kind of want to start at the beginning of this. I, I do know a lot of people who homeschool their children. One of my sisters happens to homeschool her children. But I think everybody's journey to homeschooling is different. Was this something that you had planned to do? Or was this just based on your seeing what the public education um, was like in your area that you decided that this was the best avenue for your children? Right. I never planned to homeschool. That was basically the furthest furthest thing from my mind. I was educated in public school. They, they worked for me, even though I basically hated every minute um, when I was in the public school system. But um, it, it only really occurred to me when my son was in second grade and the school was really doing a very poor job. And we had moved to where we then lived because of the schools. And so I could really say, well, if this is the best that they can offer, I can do better. I could fail and do better because that's what they were doing. They were failing. And so um, that's when I started to consider it. I did a bunch of research and I went, you know, I just want to try it for a a semester. I'll just do it until Christmas and see how it goes. And, um, and then I was hooked basically Um, not permanently because I did then, when my kid was, uh, let's see, it was about a year and a half later, I put him back into a very small Christian school, thinking that they could do a better job and get it done better. And um, that was wrong. Uh, So I pulled him out again after six weeks, thankfully. And uh, since then, I have never looked back. Out of curiosity, how did your son adjust to it when you first made that change? Was he supportive of this? Was he happy he was going to have a different schooling system, or or was it a challenge? You know, I I love that question because a lot of parents are like, oh, my my child isn't going to go for that. He won't like it. I don't know what to do. Parents, you're in charge. They're your kids, not the other way around. And so you need to set it up so that you don't get that, that that backlash. And so basically, uh, look, I, I, I support, um, to a certain extent, manipulation of the child. (laughs) So I would say to my kids, gee, you know, um, when you get home from school, you have homework today, but if you were homeschooled, you wouldn't have any homework because you'd be done by one. And I would, I would basically, you, you point out the benefits of homeschooling you downplay the, you know, the so I say so-called the quote-unquote benefits of going to a public school, like that's where all your friends are, 
And mind you, my son was super, super social. Um, but at the same time, you know, the, the argument that, that the social, um, the socialization of children needs to take place in a school is so faulty because goodness knows that if you put a child in a room full of, uh, you know, 30 other kids, his age, it's hit or miss whether he's actually going to make friends or enemies. You just don't know. And so often it turns out that your kid might not be the kid that is the, the leader of the pack, the, the guy who everybody loves, you know? Um, so, so I set it up that they were, my kids were so eager to start home, home education. I managed the conversation so that I was on the winning side, if you will. Like it wasn't an argument, but I just managed the conversation because if you do your research, you can make the argument for why home education is, is always basically a better choice, especially if you're the parent and you're choosing to do it. So, you know, get a backbone and, and make that argument with your child. And, ha- and don't be afraid of the discussion. I, I would say have the discussion, but, but un- understand the, the end goal and be convincing. And you should be able to do that with a child, especially if it's somebody, if, if your child's in elementary school. Well, in your book, They're Your Kids, which is an inspirational journey from self-doubter to homeschool advocate, you talk about the the quote that you hear a lot, which is, because that's how I grew up. So when you're talking to adults, they think, well, public education worked for me. There's almost a nostalgic feeling about the the schoolroom and years past in public education. Was public education really ever that good? Or do we have kind of a, a rosy glasses appearance of how it was, or is it just dramatically gotten worse? Okay, so uh, I think it, I think it used to be pretty good, and it's dramatically gotten worse. I, I think both of those statements are are accurate. Um, our entire education system has undergone tremendous inflation, so that now we understand that uh, parents can simply buy their child's way into a an Ivy League school without the grades to get there. And, and that makes you wonder, well, then what is an Ivy League education worth in the long run? So, um, so, there's, so there's that. There's also a, a huge influx of the socialist Marxist indoctrination that has happened in our public schools um, over the past 50 years. Uh, slowly at first, much more heavily uh, and speedily recently, uh, Common Core certainly adds to that. But if you look at the whole system, the system of school, of public school, is a socialized system. It's a socialist system. It's taking money from everybody and then funneling it to parents with kids. So it's a socialist system. And then you take the children and you put them in a system where you're age grading. So the children are sorted according to age, which teaches them that age is important. It teaches them ageism. They can't help it. And then when you compound that with the idea that, listen, you drop your kid off at school, you are tacitly informing the child, you are not capable, the school is, therefore the school has the authority. When that child comes home and says, daddy, daddy, you have to sign this. Mommy, teacher says you have to sign this for the school outing or for the bake sale or for the 
reading assignment that the parent has to sign off on whatever, either the work that's been done or the permission slip, that parent actually comes under the authority of the school in the child's eyes because the school says the parent has to do something and the parent complies, right? And so the whole system is geared against, basically it's geared against the family to a, to a, a large degree um, and it's geared towards the state. It, it, it is socialist in its very makeup and in its functioning. And then you take the authority from the parent the child goes home and has to do homework. The parent is then tasked be, being the taskmaster. Hey, you get your homework done. You get it done now. Don't make me come up there. You get back to work. All of those things, right? And all of a sudden, the relationship between the child and the parent is, is rent. So, so the, the parent drops the child off at school for seven plus hours, eight hours a day picks the child up, home, uh, up, goes home, becomes the taskmaster for the child. And, and yet you're still hoping for like a really positive outcome for that relationship. Guess again. As I said at the top of the episode, if, if parents felt like they had a choice, only a third would choose the option to send their child to public education. I think so many parents out there, even some who are listening to this show would say, I agree with you, Sam, I'm on the same page as you, but I work full time, I don't have time, or I don't know where to start. And and by the way, for those listening, uh, the Independent Women's Forum does have some really great resources on this. If you check it out on IWF.org, there's a policy focus on what is school choice and a policy focus on charter schools, both by the senior policy analyst at IWF, Inez Fletcher-Stepman. So people can check out the information there. But I also wanted to hear from you, Sam, where do people start? So if people are not in, I know you you are in the homeschooling side of this. Some people are interested in charter schools, but especially with homeschooling, I think so many people, so many parents love the idea, but have no idea what their curriculum would be, would say, I'm not a great teacher or I work full time. What do you tell parents who don't even know where to start? Well, there's so many. I mean, we're so lucky in these times. There are so many resources online. I certainly wouldn't go to the public school online option because the public schools aren't teaching children what they need to know, uh, not teaching children how to balance a checkbook. Look at the government, can't balance its own checkbook. Why do you expect the government to teach your child how to balance a checkbook? Uh, look, at our, look at our civics. People, youth, youth growing up today don't know the first thing about how a bill gets made into law, what branches of the government, who's the third in, in uh, charge if the president and the vice president both go, uh, you know, have to our, our demise somehow. Um, the, our students aren't being raised to understand that our government is for the people, by the people, and of the people. And, um, and the reason for that could quite simply be, well, the government is telling them and the government doesn't want them to know that the power still resides with the people. It's not in the government's interest to teach civics. So there, the, the public school system is, is innately flawed. That's, that's number one. So then you say, well, if, if I take public school off the table, then you, there are myriad options, right? The charter schools, certainly uh, private schools, but there are also, you can also hire somebody to home educate your children and you drive that. You design the curriculum, you pick the curriculum. And for that, you go online and you say, what is a conservative curriculum that my child could, uh, could be taught into? And I had, I've actually had friends who, um, they didn't want to homeschool. So they hired 
instead of sending their child to the private school, they hired uh, retired teachers, gave them one for each child, which actually turned out to be less than what it would cost them to send their child to the public school, to the private school, um, and gave them the curriculum and said, okay, we're going to do, I can't remember what it was. We're going to do the Thomas Jefferson curriculum. This is it. Go. And they had a teacher in their house every day for each child from nine to nine to one. It was a, basically a four hour day. Your older students are going to have other homework to, to accomplish later in the day, but that includes reading, working on their own, working out the problems on their own. They don't need one-on-one instruction for eight hours a day. That's, that's number one. You don't have to be instructing your child for eight hours a day. Um, there are parents who say, well, I work full time and I can't afford all of that. Uh, th- there, are, there are parents out there who have co-ops and they will educate your children for you for much less money than if you hire a, a full-time teacher. Um, and then I just have to say, you know, we need to, we really need to evaluate our priorities because the number of parents who come to me and say, Sam, you wouldn't believe what my child is coming home with from, from college now in terms of the indoctrination. I have, I have to spend all of Thanksgiving break deprogramming them from this, you know, crap that they're learning at, at college. And, and part of me says to them, and you're paying how much for the, for the pleasure of having to do that? I've had parents lose their children. Literally, the, their children are lost to them because their children are taught basically to hate the, the parents' values. And, and that's where we are today. And that has now trickled down into the lower, the lower cra- classrooms, the, the K through 12 classrooms. So this is actually something that's, that should be high, high priority. You shouldn't say, well, because I can't really find anything better to do, I'll just send my child to public school. You should be thinking of how can I educate my child so that they don't go to public school? And there are lots of ways of getting that done. Really what we need in this nation is to rethink education. And because we all grew up in the system, we all went to public school. We all went for eight hours a day. You know, we, we all changed classrooms at the sound of the bell. Uh, it's like Pavlovian. We, our response is, well, we have to go. My child has to go to school. No, that is not the best way to learn, frankly. And most people would agree with me that school was not the best way to learn whatever it was that they learned. And in fact, I think most people who are functioning in the world today will tell you that they are pursuing a career that really had very little to do with what they studied in school. So it comes down to this. Public school's motto, their mission, their mission as they say, basically, is college prep and career readiness. Well, if the best that you hope for your child is that they get a job, then I suppose that's the place for you. But I don't hold out great hope for you and the relationship that you will have with your child when that child is an adult. If, however, you have higher aspirations for your job, for your child, if you want your child, if, if you value your child's happiness, if you want them to pursue something that excites them, that impassions them, then maybe we should be looking elsewhere for our education opportunities. 
And I can even say personally, I was just with my eight-year-old nephew yesterday, was talking to him about going from public school to being homeschooled by my sister, who does work as well, but she teaches him um, in the morning and then does half day of work in the afternoon. And I asked him personally, I said, how has it been for you to switch? And he says, I love it. He said, I, he really enjoys homeschool. He gets to go to the aquarium and he has a co-op and he has a nature group. And so he socializes a lot. So there, as you were saying, there are a lot of options for for homeschoolers these days when it comes to joining up with other homeschool groups. So the socialization is still there. But I think you also brought up the important point. This this is about the relationship with the child, with the family. I think so often families feel, um, even when they're looking for homes, feel like they have to move to a certain area just so their child gets a chance at a good education because that's where the good school district is. So they have to move to a certain area. Do you find that this frees up families in so many other ways when their zip code doesn't determine where their child goes to school? Well, personally, uh, we travel a great deal. My husband's working on sets all over the world, basically. So we're, we're on planes a lot. Um, and, and that was one of the, that was partly the impetus that, that I had to homeschool, to start homeschooling myself. Um, and so, yeah, I would say that a lot of families find that there are a lot of families who homeschool because their, their child is deeply involved in a sport, for instance, um, showing horses or, uh, some kind of gymnastics or swimming or something. And so they, they just homeschool so that they can travel so that they can devote the hours uh, there is so much time that's wasted of the child, right? There's the child's time, the child's in school, and there's so much of that time that's wasted, not accomplishing schoolwork between roll call and uh, uh, just just everything else that's done that's not necessary. And so when you when you talk about your nephew and he gets to go and he gets to see his friends while he's out on a nature hike, um, in fact, there's the ADD and ADHD has now been linked to, or, or it's been linked up that spending time outdoors is actually very beneficial for a child who is ADD or ADHD. And I can only imagine that that's because boys really shouldn't be cooped up in a classroom all day. That's more of a girl thing to, to sit at a desk all day. Boys need to be active. And, oh, goodness, perish the thought that boys are different than girls. Uh, forgive me for even mentioning <laughs> that. But here's and the thing, you know, that, that, kind of, that kind of mentality is rampant now in our school. Do you want to have that argument with your child when they are nine, that, that boys actually are different than girls? When your child is pushing on you that maybe, you're, maybe they're a different gender than, they, than, than you thought when they were born, that kind of thing. Do you really want that coming into your home and having that discussion? I mean, we really need to start waking up to this. And I'm curious, what has been the pushback against you and your husband? You're outspoken in your beliefs, yet you work in Hollywood and in the in entertainment industry. What has the response been from people that are your colleagues um, in reference to your beliefs and, and what you talk about? Pretty much silence. Uh, people who agree with me are very vocal. People who don't are, are they, they, they're probably vocal on Twitter or, or somewhere on social media. I don't, I don't really see that. Um, um, I, I'm sure that my views are not terribly appreciated. Uh, but we still live in a free country and um, I have them. And so far, nobody's changed my mind. I'm certainly open to it, uh, you know, but... 
uh, you know, I speak the truth. And until somebody convinces me that that's not the truth, uh, you know, I'll, I'll continue speaking it. And on that note, just kind of leaving off the, the school choice topic, any final words that you would like to give a parent or parents out there who are considering making the, stri- the switch from public education to a school choice option? Anything else, the encouragement you would like to give to them on that front? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so school involves a lot of repetition, okay? So I had somebody come up to me and say, my son's finishing up third grade and I've decided that I'm going to homeschool him next year because it's just horrible, uh, the things that are happening in the classroom. And and, uh, there was was some bullying stuff that they've apparently got under control and there was some other stuff and the child wasn't performing well because of various issues. And they had like a month left in school and I said to her, what what, what are you waiting for? Well, I'm just going to let him finish out the year. Uh, Why? Why are you going to leave him in an environment that is hostile? At, at the at the at the minimum, it's it's hostile. It's it's not a it's not a friendly environment. He's not enjoying it. It's not good for him. He's not performing. Like you know what I mean? And she looked at me like I, I never thought of that. And and so here's the thing: every state is different. You have to check the laws. You don't want to be written up for truancy and have child protective services come because goodness knows they're they're ready and anxious to to, you know, crack down on homeschoolers because the homeschool community is showing up the schools almost national. Well, certainly nationally, I I would say almost in every community that the homeschool community is getting the job done. Right. Um, My advice is don't wait. So go online, find a homeschool group, meet some homeschool people. We tend to be very friendly and inclusive because we like to grow our ranks and because we understand that we have discovered the special sauce. We've discovered the way to get education done in love, to teach a child to enjoy education, to love learning and become lifelong learners. That is the goal of the home education movement is to raise lifelong learners so that when your child has to change careers at the age of 30, it's, there's, there's no problem because all they, all they have to do is learn something new and they don't have a problem with that because they're used to learning. They love learning. It's easy. So uh, that's my advice is don't wait, start your research, get your paperwork in order, figure out how to get it done in your state by talking to people and going online and all that. All the resources are right there at your fingertips. There's in fact, there's a great Ted talk by, I think he's 12 years old. He's a physicist and he's 12 or 13 and he gives a Ted talk about how he hacks his education. He just hacks it. So if he wants to learn about quantum particles, he just goes online and finds, you know, YouTube videos or whatever on quantum particles. And one of the things I love that you said earlier is that because of your your job and your husband's job, you all you both are traveling a lot. So this gives you the ability to travel with your kids, which I think brings up this point that you have a new project that's coming out that I just wanted you to share a little bit of information about. Um, the Steamboat Institute Film Festival is featuring this new film that you had called Miracle in East Texas. Can you tell us all a little bit about the film? I'd love to. Miracle in East Texas is uh, it's a it's a Tall Tale, inspired by an absolutely true story. It is based on the East Texas oil strike of 1930 that uh, brought prosperity to East Texas in, um, uh, in the most unusual way. It's about two scoundrels who are seducing elderly women into investing in their, uh, in their faulty oil wells. And um, it's, it's an amazing story. It is a lot of fun. 
the movie's a comedy. Uh, we don't take ourselves too seriously, of course. Uh, it stars my husband, John Ratzenberger, uh, Lou Gossett Jr. I'm also in the movie. There's romance in the movie. We've been, we've been playing film festivals. We're excited about the Steamboat Institute's film festival. And by the way, if they want to, they can go to steamboatinstitute.org. Um, we're excited about that. We've won best narrative feature. We've won best romantic comedy. We've won uh, best family film. Uh, it's great because we're, it's, it's not a film that you can absolutely pigeonhole. It's a family film. It is for the whole family. It's a lot of fun and uh, very entertaining. So, um, so I'm excited about the Steamboat uh, Film Festival coming up. We're also going to be at the Liberty University Film Festival and there are some other ones down the pike as well. Well, Sam, thank you so much for not only sharing about your new film that's coming out, but also I think giving so many parents out there information and hope if they're discouraged with the education that their children are receiving. So thank you for your efforts on that front. Thank you. It was a pleasure speaking with you. And thank you all for joining us. If you have more interest in the topic we discussed, you can, of course, follow Sam Sorbo on Twitter, or you can find her at www.samsorbo.com. Also at mojo50.com. That's mojo50.com. You can find her radio show, and that is live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern. And again, remember, you can find out more information on School Choice on IWF's website, so do check it out there. Last, if you enjoyed this episode of She Thinks, do leave us a rating or a review on iTunes. It does help. And we'd love it if you shared this episode and let your friends know where they can find more She Thinks episodes. From all of us here at Independent Women's Forum, thanks for listening.